going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome into the Mayo Media Network. You are watching Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bats presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Meany. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to hang out. We have nine games on the ice this evening, so lots of action to break down from a betting standpoint, a DFS standpoint, some shot props, and, of course, just taking a look at some of the matchups that are already solidified here as we get closer and closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I got Neil Parker from FTN, from Rotowire. He does some stuff for a DK playbook as well. He is tapped into the hockey market. So looking forward to break everything down with Neil Parker. Nine games, as I mentioned, on the ice here this evening. It is time for the prize picks play of the day. Check out prizepicks.com. Follow the link inside the description of this video for the promo code, a 100% first deposit match of up to $100 when you use that promo code over at prizepicks.com. You can mix and match across all the sports that you love. And as I always say, they are all happening right now. But as I said, nine games on the ice today. So lots of options. But are there any better, really, than Connor McDavid? What is Connor McDavid doing lately? It is unbelievable. He finally hit the century mark in his last game. A four-point game did it for him. He's got 32 goals and 100 points in 53 games. He has 29 points in his last 10 games. So his prop total is sitting at 5.6 fantasy points against the Canadians here this evening. Montreal's a team that has... They've done okay against him with McDavid. They held him without a point in the first three games of the season, only two assists in the first five against the Canadians, but back-to-back games against Montreal with three-point games. I mentioned the 29 points in his last 10 games. Well, he has at least two points in 10 of his past 11 contests, and he has at least three points in eight of his past 10 games, and overall eight points in eight games against the Habs. It doesn't look like Philip Deneau is going to be playing tonight for Montreal, and he's a big reason why he's been able to, quote-unquote, limit McDavid uh, this season. So McDavid over 5.6. I like dry settle. there, sitting at 4.5 as well. 4.6. I mean, both of these guys, uh, they correlate very well. Two point night. We'll do it for McDavid this evening. And then Sean Couture, I haven't picked him. He's at 3.6 against the New Jersey devils. The devils over the last six weeks of the season, five and five numbers per 60 minutes. They have, they're inside the top five when it comes to goals against and scoring chances against as well. So they cleaned it up a little bit over the past couple of weeks. Mackenzie Blackwood has been good, but this is just too low for Sean Couture. He's got four points or four goals rather in eight points in his past 10 games, 18 shots in his last five games too. So he's really starting to shoot the puck a little bit more. He's hit the score sheet in eight of his past 10 and he's cleared 3.6 fantasy points on prize picks in eight of those 10 games as well. So give me the over on Couture. Give me the over on McDavid and certainly the over on dry settle. If you're looking for a, third there as well check out the link inside the description and good luck over at prizepicks.com tonight all right neil parker we've been wanting to do this for a long time <laughs> luckily there's only a handful of games left in the season we we're able to do it we're gonna have you twice this week man na parker 77 did some fantastic work for us over at ftndaily.com all year with game by game breakdowns you can check his work over at rotowire and at DraftKings sportsbook as well what's going on neil not much, man. I'm just pretty fired up after cashing a Rory McIlroy ticket yesterday and following it up with a Gary Woodland top five. So uh, it's uh, it's I was chugging beers like Stone Cold Steve Austin in celebration. It was just a big, big celebratory Sunday evening and uh, expected there might be some cobwebs this morning, but got up early and uh, feeling pretty good and just excited to be here, Chris. I know we've been doing this for a number of years and I was actually yeah. thinking about this morning, like, man, there's a uh, all kinds of different platforms, all kinds of different uh, outlets. And it's it's always fun to sit and chat and uh, throw some ideas off each other. And I definitely like the Couturier pick there. 21 games since he's had a multi-point showing. So um, 
almost, I know we don't like to use the word do, but uh, okay. maybe we'll rephrase it as statistical correction or positive offensive regression. But I, I could see Couturier having a good game there against the Devils. I think the Devils allow the fifth most goals per game in the league. And while they're like five, in a pretty good stretch, five and two, like you kind of highlighted, you know, that's uh, definitely a letdown showing for the, the Flyers to kind of pounce at home. And I definitely like that pick, but. Yeah, you know, he's one of the most underrated players, I would say, Sean Couturier. And yeah, the Devils, I believe they won three straight against the Flyers. They're going to obviously have them again today, but it's still a pretty good matchup for Sean Couturier getting a lot of ice time, plays in all situations. Congrats on the Rory call, by the way. That is great. What was he, 20 to 1? Uh, I got like, 17, I think. Ah, that's still pretty strong. It's so, nice, yeah. yeah. Back inside the winning circle, you love to see it. It, it yeah. was, it's been a weird couple years for Rory. There's no question there. Yeah, man, we have been doing this quite often, and you know Matty Best pretty well. I believe you linked him up with what is it? Um, you guys were working together. What was the fantasy hockey website? The fake hockey. The Matt fake used hockey. to do some work. You used to do some work. Yeah, that's that's a throwback. It's been a, almost half a decade since yeah. we're running around doing that. That makes so me feel cool. old now. Yeah. Well, we've all, like Neil said, we've all kind of been in the circle here and, and you know, bouncing around other different outlets, but uh, it remains the same. And it's great to have you on. And I don't know if you were able to catch Matt and I on Friday, but we opened up a couple boxes of um, the Upper Deck Series 2 hockey cards. We have some fun with it. And Matt, I... I tweeted you a picture yesterday over at Walmart that they still had the boxes like ah, a little expensive, but I couldn't help myself. I bought something small and you'll oh, never no. believe what I got. Can you see this? Let's I'm putting that. it on a one shot. How the f how is, did uh, you pull Nikki that? Robinson? You pulled the, oh my God. I don't even want to talk is, to you. I'm just going to leave is, it on a one shot and Neil the whole show. Have fun. <laughs> I, I guess Neil, I know you're both leaf guys to see the Leafs in the background there, but uh, Nick Robertson apparently has this, you know, or uh, Matt, you got a soft spot for him. It's your twin. Or yeah. Something? He's, he's my half Filipino brother. I mean, I love this guy, him and Jason Robertson. I mean, if Jason Robertson somehow won the Calder, I wouldn't be pissed. Even though I have money on Kaprizov, I'd just go, okay, that's some Filipino pride right there. But the fact that you pulled two of those Jersey cards is just ridiculous to me. I, I just, it's I, pretty I, remarkable. We got to Alexi. The chances are nice. Astronomical. And yet here I am with like getting excited, pulling a basic Jason Spezza. Nice. Cool. Sick. Love it. <laughs> yeah, Spezza's been great. No, I thought about you. I was going to send that picture over to you last night. I'm like, ah, I'll just wait and, and save it for the show. And I, I, I'll send that over to you. But I know that's a card that you uh, that you want for sure. OK, nine games on the ice. Let's not waste any more time. Like I said, off the top, we appreciate you guys hanging out. If you can smash the like button, you got a question to comment. Uh, your fantasy hockey season-long leagues are likely over unless you're playing in, you know, a roto league. Good luck the rest of the way. You got any questions, you can certainly hit up Neil or myself or Matty Best. Uh, Neil's great on Twitter, NAParker77. So, okay, so here we go. Nine games. Let's start with the Canadians and the Oilers. Montreal at home, 24-30 and 30 against the spread, minus 103. 24, 21, and 9 overall. The total here is 6. The Oilers minus 114, 28, and 25. Uh, as we were talking off air, Montreal's played pretty well against Edmonton so far this season. They're 5 and 2. Uh, I have some concerns with the Canadians right now. I've been saying this on this show for about a month now. They're without Carey Price. I don't expect them to return tonight. 
he's out indefinitely with a concussion, although he's been skating and practicing over the past couple of days. Philip Deneau is also out with a concussion, out indefinitely. They're still without Shea Weber. They're still without Brennan Gallagher. They're playing probably the most inconsistent hockey of any team in the playoffs. And I say in, they're not officially in just yet. They have a couple games left. They would need to lose those. They need one more point basically to get in and they would need uh, the flames to lose or lose an overtime or a shootout for them to officially get in, man. What McDavid is doing right now, Neil is like, it's Mario Gretzky esque or Yager from like 25, 30 years ago. It's unbelievable to see. Yeah, absolutely. And and I actually kind of pivot and you mentioned dry cycle off the top, but I think there's definitely value with the second line tonight as all efforts probably will be focused on shutting down McDavid. I would have to think. And, and as you noted, the Canadians have been really successful in doing so this season. Um, one of the other things about the Habs too, is even with all the lineup juggling and uncertainty and who's in, who's out injuries, uh, they've maintained one of the sorry they've maintained to be one of the better five on five teams in the league uh you know they've got the second best Corsi four percentage they're only allowed 2.26 goals for 60 minutes at five on five so they're definitely doing the best they can with the talent and the players that they have but i really like the the yamamoto nugent hopkins dry side line um i think they in the dfs standpoint they slide under the radar a little bit with all the focus and and you know they've racked up some pretty impressive numbers over the past couple seasons 4.93 goals per 60 minutes 13.75 high danger scoring chances so they're definitely a uh, a line that i look to more so than mcdavid because obviously he's going to be a popular, popular target. And uh, obviously what he's doing, like you mentioned, is, is somewhat historic and or is historic. So, man, it's we've over at FTN, we've been just hammering his two point games. Now he played the Canucks there for a little bit, so it was easy to do something like that. But as I said off the top, when I was picking him on prize picks, I mean, four points, three points, two points, four points, three points. He had zero against the Flames. Uh, it was just the rare occasion before that three points, four, three, and then three. Like this guy's just a multi-point guy waiting to happen. Like every single game, it's crazy. He was minus 160, I think on bet MGM to have two points. Now, William Hill, we've always talked about William Hill on here and then DK Sportsbook, some decent odds there as well. But I think if you shop around, you can see uh, McDavid, two-point night, FTN, bets.com. You get the free parlay calculator. He's plus 100 to have four shots. He's he's not really getting there a ton, although he does have 10 shots in his last two games. But again, to have another two-point night on DK is minus 118. I don't hate it, uh, to be honest with you. I have given some respect to Philip Deneau. He's done a great job against McDavid. He's frustrated him. We talked before on the show. Maddie, remember, we, we brought you in. It was me and you doing the show solo one day when McDavid actually had a bit of a a temper tantrum against, I think it was against Philip Deneau and he lost his cool, but having no Deneau, I don't know who's going to be able to shut this guy down. Nobody can anyways, but I don't know who's going to be able to, to shut him down this evening. I like the line, the second line too, from a, from a DK standpoint, from a DFS standpoint, I think that's a great call. Neil, I'm going to lean with the Oilers and the under here. The Canadians are still not scoring a lot of goals. I know it's always scary to take the under in an Edmonton game, but the six is a lot. I expect Mike Smith. What, like, will Mike Smith play tonight? Do you do you think Neil, or will they go to Koskinen? Will they give? Because this is a time of the year, and we talked off air. This is a time of year where these teams are locked in. Oilers are locked into two. They're, they yeah. know they're playing Winnipeg or Montreal. They're going to start resting guys. Like McDavid and Drysdale are not going to rest, but Mike Smith may. Yeah, he's uh, just checking here. He's he started the last three games, so 
um, that's pretty regular that he kind of does get a day off, you know, already that's uh, May 4th, May 6th, May 8th. Here we are the 10th, right? So that'd be a good time to give him a break heading into the postseason. veteran. I think he's 38 years old. It makes sense to, to give him a break 39 years old. And he also wasn't Jeez. sharp uh, in his last outing. He allowed, uh, he allowed three goals on just 25 shots to, uh, to the Canucks. So I could see that being a, a rest spot for him, but I don't think it's a huge downgrade to Koskinen considering the Canadians goal scoring struggles like Josh Anderson. I think he's only found the score sheet once in the past 14 games. And that was a two goal showing against Montreal on April 29th. So, you know, yeah. Nick Suzuki, I can't even pronounce the Finn, the Finnish fella. I don't even know, I know how to pronounce his name. It doesn't matter. He's not doing anything. <laughs> it anyways. doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But that's Suzuki and Kekutiniemi to try to slow down McDavid and, and uh, dry subtle. That's definitely a tall task. Um, Jake Allen's been pretty respectable though. I mean, I yeah. know that he's kind of come down from his early season um, excellent play, but uh yeah, I can see the under definitely with, uh, you know, maybe a 4-1 game or 4-0, or 3-0 game for Edmonton or something. So, Yeah, um, Suzuki and Tyler Toffoli have been the Canadians' best players. We've been hammering their shot props. I'm seeing Suzuki still at 1.5 shots. Uh, he's got, I mean, his last few games, 4-1, 7-2, 3-3-2, 4. So he's been doing it, but he's now at minus 170. So time to go back to Tyler Toffoli, I'd say, because uh, we were just – taking the discount on Suzuki and just, you know, liking the fact that he only has to get the two shots as opposed to the three for Toffoli, but Toffoli's prices dropped down a little bit here. Two and a half shots, William Hill Sportsbook at minus 125. Yeah, Jasper Kakinami is not doing anything right now. He's not even playing the natural position at center. He's kind of just sitting there on the wing and he's lost most of his power play opportunity. He is, he's definitely struggling. So Matt, let's bring you in here. Let's get your thoughts. What do you think on this game? Uh, I like the Oilers a lot here. I'm looking at some updated lines. You can get them as low as 120 in some spots, and I don't mind that whatsoever. The under, two is attractive, but uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Suzuki now at his price, one and a half. I'd like to see a shot prop go up to two and a half, and then give me, like, minus 120, and then I'll be back on it. I think I'd be okay on that. Um, other than that, Tyler Toffoli, I'll go back to him. I'll do it again, even though he's burnt me a few times. I'll go to him. Uh, the McDavid two-point night, though, is just, it feels like it's automatic at this point. Even though he's already hit that 100-point plateau, I feel like it's, uh, okay, how much higher can we get now? And uh, I feel like, even with Koskinen in net, I think the Oilers' offense is just too good to uh, give up at a discount at minus 120. 12 points and five goals for Suzuki in his last nine games. So he is, he has picked it up a little bit. He started off the season very strong. I think he started like a seven points in seven straight games. And then he went through uh, a bit of something where it looked like he lost his confidence a bit, but now he's up to playing around 20 minutes per game over the last week and a half or so. But to fully, I think is the play at two and a half shots. McDavid there in next at a two point game. And I do like Edmonton and the under that's kind of my lean right now. So a couple of the matchups are set. Neil, this is one of them that is set uh, in the central. We have Florida at home here, minus 122, 26 and 29 against the spread 36, 14 and five. They have 77 points in the season. This is the final game for both of these teams. Tampa Bay plus 106, 24 and 31. So the Bolts at 75 points, Florida at 77. We know these two teams are going to play each other. Florida has won five straight games, including a victory over the weekend against Tampa. They won 5-1. So 
I don't know. There's been, I've had so many questions about Florida all year and are they legit? Are they for real? I, yes, I, they do look really, really good. I thought the loss of Ekblad would, I thought they'd have to adjust a little bit more, Neil. I thought they would struggle, but they haven't really missed a beat with Ekblad out, which is crazy. They're eight and two in their last 10 games. Obviously they can win tonight against Tampa. What do you think about this series and this matchup moving forward? Like who would you pick in this series? We shortly discussed it off air and, and yeah. I think we were all leaning to the Panthers as a potential, you know, upset because I would have to expect that even if they are ahead of the standings and they have the home ice advantage, they're still going to be underdogs against the reigning Stanley cup champions, obviously. Right. But as yeah. far as the Panthers go, I think everyone's been waiting for them to sort of fall off the cliff, but you know, they've got two absolute stars in Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberto and Barkov just shuts down the other team's best player all the time. He's got a 59.6 Corsi four percentage of five on five. And then Huberto, I mean, he's turning Sam Bennett, into a star right like who's sam bennett couldn't even get on the get off the fourth line for the flames <laughs> and all of a sudden now um that although that might be more telling about the flames than it is about jonathan huberto we'll you know yeah. we'll leave that to uh to up yeah. to the debate but you know the panthers play good possession hockey they limit high danger scoring chances and they've done it all year long so i do expect them to be a really difficult out and they also have all these uh, throwback kind of project players who are, are playing really well, like Alexander Wenberg's having a breakout season. I mean, he put up some really good points earlier in his career, and now he seems to have found his footing uh, first as that second line center, now even down the lineup even more in the third line role. And they've got, you know, just enough offense to, to be dangerous. And if they can get something in goal consistently, that it's kind of my only concern is, 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 Bob Rossi going to be the man. Is Dreger going to be the man? Now we've got Spencer Knight in the picture too. I think you're a big fan of him, Meanie. But uh, mm -hmm. the only other thing I would mention with them is uh, look out for Owen Tippett too. I mean, he was first yeah. round pick and he's starting to score on that second line with uh, with Huberto and Sammy Bennett. Yeah, yeah, he is. I We wrote him up, I think, last week. Yeah, when I noticed he was on the second line, I think he picked up a, picked up an assist. I mean, you're spot on with all your analysis when it comes to Florida, man. They they own the puck. Barkoff is completely underrated. He shuts down guys, and he still finds a way to, to put up points. Huberto is, you know this, drafting in season-long leagues. Even the year that he had, the last time it was a full season, nobody seemed to buy into that, or nobody seemed to give it the respect that it should have been given. It's a guy that probably should go in the second round of drafts and is not wasn't going in the second round of drafts. He's been over a point per game now for, for a couple of seasons. The Bennett thing is unbelievable to me. And we've talked about it at length here on this show. The fact that he played 38 games with the Flames. He had four goals, 12 points. He was a minus 14. Now he only averaged 13 minutes per game. But in 10 games here with the Panthers, he has six goals and 15 points. And he's a plus 12. Like, unbelievable. He's got two more goals. He's got three more points. And he's played 28 fewer games. Now he's averaging 18 minutes per game. His shooting percentage is at 15, but he's shooting too, right? His shot prop again tonight, Maddie Best, two and a half at plus 120. Like, why? What is going on? His last few games, three shots, four, eight, three, five, six, four, four. He comes in riding a six game point streak. He's got 10 points over that span. I don't know why the books haven't adjusted. It's almost like they think he's still playing for the Calgary Flames. I don't want to say anything ever is a lock, but at plus money for 120 for a guy who's had, you know, three plus shots now and six straight games and 
eight of his last 11. It's a pretty decent bet, I think, <laughs> to take him. Matt, who do you think win- wins this series? I, I have a lean on Florida. I think Neil's spot on that they're going to be underdogs, even if they get home ice advantage. I know Kucherov may play, but the guy hasn't played all year. They're not going to be without, they're not going to be, have, they won't have Stamkos. And I know that Victor Hedman's not 100% either. I think that we could see a Florida victory here. I, I think wherever the line is, whoever the underdog is in this series is where the value is going to be. And that's what I'll do, no matter who it is. And that's kind of my perspective tonight when I'm betting this game. I mean, you're giving me the Tampa Bay Lightning, former cup champions, with Andre Vasilevsky, a guy who could be top three in Hart Trophy voting at plus 105. Sign me up. The Panthers have shown that they can score. I get that. I totally get that. But they haven't really shown that they can play in low-scoring, close hockey games. I mean, you look at their last few games, 5-1, to 5-4, to 5-4, to 4-3, to 7-4. Like, we love the over in all of these games, but then they're losing contests when they can't muster any offense whatsoever. And I mean, yeah, obviously hockey teams matter are going to do that, but it's when they face tough goaltenders. Tampa Bay, 3-2 loss in overtime. Uh, they faced a red-hot UC Saros, lost 4-1. to one. It's They have this problem when they run into a goaltender that's playing out of their mind good, and Vasilevsky has, what, the best chance in the NHL out of all goaltenders to play out of his mind good each and every single night. Now, that being said, it wouldn't surprise me if Tampa Bay just go back to Curtis McElhaney, and if you've listened to the show, you know I have a rule, and if it's if McElhaney starts, I bet the other team and I bet the farm. I mean, it paid off for us on the last show with Dallas, but I just think McElhaney's so bad, and it wouldn't surprise me if he went back in net. For me, I'm going to lock in plus 105 right now early and just pray to God and do everything I can that Curtis McElhaney does not get the start. Because if he does get the start, I look like an idiot, and we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have any control. You can pray all you want, but uh, it doesn't matter what you want. I think Vasilevsky gets the night off. Yeah. I, 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 like we said earlier, and it'll probably come up a couple more times, especially this week is I think we'll start to see some of these, some players rest and especially goaltenders. I think maybe Vasilevsky, it's a bit of a break here against the Panthers. I'm going to stay clear of the game, but I think I have a lean right now to, to Florida in this series. It should be highly entertaining. The next one in here, New Jersey and Philadelphia. So the devils went through this, Uh, awful stretch Neil Uh, they had lost with 10 straight games and then they ended the skid against the Flyers it looked like they were going to end it like on game nine of the losing streak and then they allowed two goals in the final 20 seconds and lost in a shootout to Philly but then they beat them at the very next time out so they have won now five of their past seven games they lost the Islanders last time out 5-1 but they have beaten some decent teams uh, lately Uh, Boston one of them 4-3 and then the Islanders before that 5-1 loss They've had their way with Philly, too, uh, recently. The last few games, they played each other four in a row. It was that 4-3 shootout win for Philly, then a 6-4 win for New Jersey, then a 5-3 win and a 4-1 win for the Devils. And then on March 23rd, they also beat Philadelphia 4-3. So they have held their own. They're underdogs here today. I don't think I'm going to go with them, but them on the puck line is pretty interesting as well. What do you think of these two teams? I mean, the Flyers, man, what a complete mess this season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the big thing about the Flyers is they're allowing the most goals per game in the league. Jersey's not much better, fifth most. Um, <laughs> and then Jersey's got the 31st ranked power play in the league, or sorry, penalty kill in the league. They're giving up power play goals in bunches, and Philly's not any better. They're 30th. So two terrible defensive clubs. And obviously, the Flyers have lots of players who have proven 
to be reliable scorers in the past. They started the season out hot fire and, uh, but it's sort of trailed away and, and with nothing to play for, it's, it's really difficult to, you know, back either one of these teams. Although obviously the trend appears to be to go towards the over uh, yeah. it is six, which is kind of that kind of funky total, right? You just mm-hmm. three, three overtime, like, you know, so um, regardless, it, it's hard to envision a low scoring game considering how poor the two teams are defensively and, and the, the devils at least, I, I mean, they score goals somehow and they have been, especially against yeah. Philadelphia. So I like Ivan Provorov um, just because of that poor uh, power or penalty kill of the, of the devils. And, and he logs so many minutes and he's sort of that toolsy um, guy who can chip in block shot shots and, and does receive consistent power play time. So he's kind of a DFS guy and, and I wouldn't know if he would pop up on the shot props or not, but if he got 1.5, I, I think he's a candidate to definitely go over that number yeah, uh, he has. He he's actually at two and a half, one thirty. But he has been for most of the season at one and a half. Yeah, he's been. Um, he's not. I don't want to say a staple of the show, but we've went to him a few times, and you see some of the you know the back of the hockey card six, three, four shots. So uh, he's usually a candidate if you can find him a little bit later on, maybe in the day. We're recording here early on the Monday, so he could pop up for one and a half, and I would take that. Couture is plus money at two and a half. I mentioned he's been shooting the puck a little bit more, so a pretty good spot for him. Yeah, I'm just going to stay away. I'm not going to put my money on either of these teams, but I do lean with the total just from everything that you said and what we've seen, right, from from the games. Again, 4-3-6-4-5-3. The last one was 4-1. It was almost there, uh, but the Devils and the Flyers have been playing to a lot of overs, and this despite Philly not really scoring any goals. It's crazy. Alan Vigneault is gone from this team, right? Right. in the summer he's going to be another coach that i think is fired neil would you agree yeah there has to be huge huge disappointment across the fan base and uh obviously carter hart's um Oof. fall from grace or whatever you want to call it i mean that has to be attributed to a lot of their struggles um brian elliott is a fantastic number two backup guy veteran um but he's played far too much and there's just been so much inconsistency there in net and they they have the makings of a good young defensive core. I thought, um, you know, yeah. Travis Sanheim and Provorov and Philip Myers is kind of an okay two-way guy, you know, who's big takes up space, but just everything's falling apart. And, and it might also be the fact that uh, Claude Giroux and, and Jakob Borchek just are past their prime now. And, and they're waiting for those next wave of young players to step in and, and fill the void. And it's just a transition period in the franchise and, yeah, so probably new voice um, would be would be good in that dressing room and behind that bench. Yeah, uh, goal differential minus forty for Philly, minus forty seven for the Devils. Uh, brutal. Okay, Carolina and Nashville in here next. We know this is another playoff matchup as well. The Preds beat Carolina over the weekend and clinched a playoff spot. They are at sixty two points. Carolina at eighty points. They clinched the Central. So we got that on this show. At the start of the season, that was part of the futures. Carolina to win the division at four to one. They are minus one thirty six here on the road. This is another team that I think could maybe. I think that they accepted the challenge over the weekend. A team that was going to be fighting, and now I'm I'm wondering who plays tonight. Does Aho get a day off? Does Sveshnikov get a day off? Does Dougie Hamilton get a day off? Who's going to be the starter in net for Carolina come game one? Is something that uh, I have been wondering. For a couple of weeks now, I think it should be Nadelkovich. I 
feel like it's probably going to be Morazic. It could be one of those things. What was Carolina? When did they make that run in 06 when it was, um, I forget who started for Carolina, but Cam Ward, the rookie, eventually came in and took them all the way to the finals. Uh, was it Archer's Urbe? It was Urbe, <laughs> or it was like, yeah. um, I, I want to say it started with a G, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, what do you think about this game, and who do you think should should start game one? Well, I think they, I think they probably will go to Morazic just because it's his sort of his role and as the number one starter coming into the year and his sort of position to lose. Um, he's been good. He's got a nine thirty four save percentage, one seven seven goals against average. So yeah, you know, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, he's been okay. <laughs> he's only lost once. He's only lost once in regulation all year. Um, so, albeit in a very small sample. Um, so. The rookie has been good. Um, I'm not going to butcher his name right now, but, uh, you know, I still think it, it, you go with Mrazek. I definitely like the Hurricanes in a bounce-back spot here. Um, I'm not a big fan of Nashville. I think that they're overrated. They went on a good run and beat up some inferior teams. Uh, I just don't think they're that good. I think UC Saros is going to have uh, some negative regression to his elite statistics over the past month and a half, two months. And the Hurricanes are just a much better hockey team up, up and down the lineup on the blue line in, in that might be close as it gets, but uh, Carolina just draws possession. They had a horrible power play for two, three years. Uh, yeah. And now Dougie Hamilton is a big reason why they're leading the league in power play percentage and Svechnikov, Aho, Teravainen, um, just a really dangerous top line if they stick with that, but they can mix and match and they've had so much success mixing and matching uh, throughout the course of the season that they can come at teams in multiple waves of offensive um, pressure, even down to the, the third line with uh, Jordan Stahl. So um, really tough team. I think they're going to be a really tough out and I definitely think they can come out of the central division, no problem. and would be a, a really tough matchup for both the, the Panthers and the lightning. And I don't think they're going to have trouble with the Nashville predators. I don't think that they will either. Uh, yeah. We've, we like them on this show to win the cup. They're 13 to one. I'm seeing, you can still get them at 10 to one uh, use the free prop shop over at FTN bets.com. Yeah. Yeah, man, that top line, you're right. is so dangerous. Now that Tara Vinen is back with, with Aho and Sveshnikov and then the second line is clicking too with Natchez. Nita Riders had a nice solid bounce back campaign. Vincent Trocek was such an elite pickup for this team. Uh, yeah, it was, by the way, the goalie was uh, Martin Gerber. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. He started yeah. game one and game two against the Habs and got lit up. And then Cam, they turned to Cam Ward and it was over. That was it. Yeah. The series was over and they went on a heck of a run. And then Cam's story was, or that's the start of Cam's story was written from, you know, basically that playoff run. And it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> downhill ever since. No question. Uh, Matt is a big Preds guy. He is our Preds spokesman. Uh, I think you probably agree with a lot of what Neil said there when it comes to Nashville. Man, Neil nailed it. Like, I, there's not much <laughs> yeah, more I need to say. It's like, when was the last time, and I'm just talking on Saros's regression here, when was the last time a goaltender under six foot tall was this good? I mean, Saros is 5'11", a buck 80, soaking wet. He has to be perfect positionally every single night in order to be a good goaltender. He has to be positionally perfect and quick, laterally quick. Like, he has to have 
just A-plus stats across the board in order to be an elite goaltender, and he's doing it. It's just I don't see this happening for a long time. The one thing I will say about this game, though, is I don't think Nashville sits anyone other than UC Saros. I think Pekarine will get the start because this could very well be his last NHL game at home in the regular season unless Saros just completely shits the bed in the playoffs. Um, but the one thing I'll look at is just who will Carolina sit if they sit nobody then obviously I'm running to Carolina because I think Carolina smacks them in a best-of-seven series. It won't even be close. Um, I mean, we've had guests on, and every single time, the words anemic or non-existent or just not there have come up to describe Nashville's offense, and it's true. I mean, if they don't get an outlier game, then you need Philip Forsberg to score two goals. You need Tolvanen to score two goals. Arvidsson has been Jekyll and Hyde and just disappearing for most of the season. Roman Yossi can only do so much when your forwards aren't scoring. Uh, I don't like Nashville in this spot. I don't like him in the series whatsoever. And I know the stories there of, oh, it's Peck's last game. I mean, you saw what Ryan Miller did for his last home start. He went out and played a gem. Um, I just I don't see it happening here. I just don't see the offense clicking enough. Give me Carolina in this spot. Uh, as long as they don't rest anyone, I'll just this will be a wait till puck drop game. Yeah, same. I don't think the odds will change too much. Anyways, uh, maybe people will hammer Carolina. I agree with Neil. I think it's a bounce back spot for the Hurricanes. <clears throat> so we'll see who they play. Uh, they could roll out James Reimer tonight too. Who knows? It could be a Reimer and Pekarene game, and maybe we see some offense. But I think in the playoffs, I will be hammering like Carolina and unders. I, I think. What we saw over the weekend, you know, if it is Nadalkovich or it is Mrazek, I mean, Neil had the numbers there. He's been great, and we know it's going to be UC Soros. I feel like it'll there'll be some low-scoring games, man, like some 3-2s, some 2-1s, but with Carolina just owning the puck and owning the possession, which is what they do night in and night out. So there's nothing really here from a shot prop standpoint. Uh, maybe Sveshnikov, but I think there's better spots here. This next game, I'm not interested at all. I, I told the subs last night that I was just going to take Jason Robertson, and luckily we got the shot with like under 15 seconds left for him to clear two and a half. I like him again, two and a half shots. Dallas and Chicago, they don't have anything to play for. It was a Blackhawks win yesterday. Uh, this is it for these two teams. The final game of the season for both Chicago's plus 128 at home. Um, I don't know, Neil, I just don't, I just don't have a feel on either of these teams. I think there's better spots to put the money down. Do you have a feel? Well, I had a feel yesterday when I thought that Dallas would take care of business and obviously they didn't. So uh, <laughs> yeah, well, at least I was kind of like, Oh yeah, be careful of spending up for Patrick Kane. And he didn't really have a huge, huge game. They get a couple assists, but yeah, yeah I, it's one of those spots where with nothing on the line, you can't read the motivation. Who's going to actually play for Dallas is a, is a big thing. I did uh, take some of that Gary Woodland, Rory McIlroy money and hit the over 2.5 shots for Joe Pavelski last night at plus money. That was nice. uh, locked in early. I don't know how many he finished with, but uh, Pavelski was an easy one there. So that line is really good. If Hints is playing, but he, I mean, I can't figure out, he must be the best player in the league because he's been hurt for the last six months and he's still putting up point per game and he sits out one game, he plays the next. He's always on the score sheet. I don't know. Like he, he must be good. <laughs> not I even hundred percent healthy. It's crazy. I, I, you know, the updates on Yahoo. I don't know if you have to take them off. I had to take them off because it was every <laughs> single day. Hence he would go from day to day to out to day to day to out to in so every morning you'd wake up and you'd see hints okay now he's it looks like potentially he's back in but he was a game time decision all year i would imagine he's gonna have some sort of 
off-season surgery. I'm seeing he's not going to play this evening. I don't think he would. Yeah, with Dallas just out of the out out of it, he's one of those guys that has been battling through some things. So, yeah, great call for you, Pravelski. I think he's also in play, but uh, Robertson is is where I'll go. But I think both guys at plus money are definitely in play tonight. I just, like I said, I'm just going to stay away from the entire game. I just don't have a feel. Like you said, there's no motivation here with either of these games. Maybe we see some offense. Maybe we see some goals they let loose, and that's the way it is. Uh, And here next, Winnipeg and Vancouver. We know we got Brassois in net for the Jets here this evening. Uh, This is the first of a back-to-back. So Winnipeg at home here, minus 177, 32 and 21. The total here is six. Vancouver going to play a lot of hockey here to wrap up their season plus 151 22 and 27 against the spread uh, man the jets uh, they are absolutely struggling they've lost eight of their last 10 games they are into a playoff spot but they haven't looked like a playoff team over the past couple of weeks i can't get behind the upset here i feel like the under is probably the play even with borsois like the the goals have really dried up for winnipeg and it, it kind of happened when nikolai ehlers was out of the lineup neil ever since then they're not getting uh, a lot of offense from Blake Wheeler. Shifley went through a moment where he was benched in the third and he wasn't happy. And Kyle Connor was a guy that we just plugged in every single day for a goal and three shots. And he's been super quiet lately too. How much concerns do you have for the jets as they head into the playoffs? Well, I think that one of the things we've seen in the past with teams is that eventually you do need your defense to contribute offensively and start the rush and, and provide some offense. And we haven't seen any offense from the Winnipeg blue line all season, at least not consistently. Neil Pionk, I think is dealing with an injury. So he's sort of a game time call. He's been much more productive and and a much better fit on the number one power play unit. But Paul Maurice has consistently gone back to Josh Morrissey. I think that's an issue. And, Everyone in our position, um, every analyst on the planet, uh, was surprised when the Jets didn't go out and acquire uh, some blue line help ahead of the trade deadline. So I think that's a big, big problem um, for them moving forward. And, you know, they've consistently given up uh, a tremendous amount of high danger scoring chances. They did last year. Um, Connor Hellebuck's had to play out of his mind uh, and, it's actually funny. I, I saw a stat yesterday tweeted out. Um, if you take away Hellebuck's struggles against the Edmonton Oilers, his save percentage against the rest of the North Division is 9.22, the exact same as last season uh, when he won the Vesna Trophy. So his play probably hasn't been quite as bad as uh, as it looks statistically because of how awesome, and we've talked about uh, McDavid and Drysaddle already. So I do like Connor for a bounce back spot here. Vancouver's you know, not a good defensive team. Uh, Connor's gone eight games without a point. Let's see some statistical regression there, some positive regression. Uh, Brassois, mm, he's 920 save percentage for the season. So in not 11 bad. appearances, he's been just fine. 2.36 goals against average. So I, I do like him as a plug-in in DFS uh, potentially. Um, and, you know, as you said with Vancouver, they're down to a two and eight stretch, only 23 goals scored during that span. And you have to wonder how the team's just health is. I mean, there was much to be said about Buffalo's month off and how they just never could find their footing following having so many players uh, contact uh, COVID-19. And and now the Canucks are dealing with a similar situation. So you could see them pack it in pretty quick here. Yeah, I I think so too. Uh, It's going to be just rough for them the past 
you know, week and a half with all the hockey that they got to make up. Yeah. Connor, man, he's got eight shots in his last seven games. It's crazy. Cause this guy was just automatic, like three every night. He was up to three and a half. We were like, ah, let's not take three and a half. This is a little much for him to, to do four. And he was still doing it. Uh, I, I like him too. His price has dropped and even his price for the shot prop has dropped a little bit too. He's to the point where he's minus minus one forty for two and a half shots. And I think that's okay. I mean, he has at least two in two of his past three. And right there with the Canucks, you're right. I mean, the high danger chances, number one in the NHL at five and five for 60. Chicago, they're allowing 12.02 for 60 at five and five. Then the Jets are number two and the Canucks are number three. So you would think that potentially we could see some offense in this game, but I just don't see a ton of goals. So I still will lean with the under six. Let's move on. We got a couple more here and we'll wrap up. St. Louis and LA, the Kings at home, plus 120. St. Louis minus 141. So the Blues are locked in. Uh, they had the back-to-back there against Vegas where they they, they lost a couple. Um, they are locked into that four spot. I think they're going to play Vegas We'll get to that final game. Colorado still has an opportunity to to claim the West, just four points back, and they have three games left, and Vegas has two. But here, normally I would go – I still think I will go Blues. I don't think they're going to rest anyone. I think they they need to try to find find their stride. They've been trying to find some consistency in their game all year. They've lost three straight. They're five, two, and three in their past ten. They're not getting goaltending. I still – think that they're adjusting without life uh, with Petrangelo gone. I think there's some major issues that they have on the blue line, but I think they win this game. As much as I say they have major issues, the Kings have a lot of issues as well, Neil. Yeah, this is kind of one where I don't have a strong lean either way. I noticed that Drew Doughty's dipping his salary in some daily daily sites, and he plays all the time. So Yeah, all the time. He's had a pretty good season. Yeah, he's actually he's yeah he did he uh, I think he's only got three assists through the past fifteen games and he's really kind of mailed it in. But with nothing to play for for the Blues, uh, maybe they rest some guys because health has been a major concern for the Blues all season. They've never had a, a healthy lineup um, all year. They've been in and out with uh, so many injuries. So I do like Dowdy as just a low price flyer and daily contests and I don't know what kind of shot props he has but he's a candidate to get two or three shots tonight just because he's going to play 26 27 minutes maybe only 25 (laughs) but also have about three minutes power play time and the blues aren't a strong defensive team either no they're not and I know a lot of people want to turn to Bennington and blame it all on him but uh, I don't think it's completely all on him yeah St. Louis is I mean, you're spot on. Uh, there's a lot of guys who have just been out of that lineup. Krug, Dunn, Pareko missed a bunch of time. Falk has been the one steady defenseman for them all year, like eating up a lot of ice time. I like him in the DFS world too at 5'8 here tonight. I mean, he's starting to rack up a few points lately. He's got four points in his past four. But all the counting stats are, are hitting because of the ice time he's getting. 24, 25, 28, 25, 27, 30, and 29. Those are the minutes that he's had over the past like couple of weeks, like playing nearly half of the hockey game and getting some time on the power play with some of those injuries that St. Louis has. I'll I'll lean with the blues here. um, But yeah, well, maybe that's a game you want to wait out and see, are they going to rest? Are they going to give a break to O'Reilly or Perron? Those are guys that they're going to need fresh and healthy. If they're going to make a run here in the Stanley cup playoffs. So final game of the night, Colorado and Vegas, uh, golden Knights at home, minus one Oh five, 25 and 29 against the spread. The total here is six. 39, 13, and two overall for Vegas, Colorado, 21 and 32 minus uh, that's against the spread and minus minus one twelve 
on the money line here, 36, 13 and four. So Colorado still has an opportunity uh, for the division. The loser going to have to play Minnesota either way. It's not going to be easy as much as I've kind of harped on the blues. They're still not going to be, um, they're going to be tough out. There's no question. Uh, there's just a couple of years removed from, from winning a cup. I don't know if, um, if Nate's going to play here tonight, I'm trying to, I was trying to find something on him. I don't think there's a need really to play him. He was a late scratch the other night and he hasn't played here in a couple. So I don't know, man, if I'm Colorado, I'm not playing him. Of course uh, they probably still feel like this is they're young, right? Neil, they want this division. They, I, I, I don't think they can help themselves. They, they're going to come out strong tonight. Yeah, it's a huge blow, though, if McKinnon's not playing, obviously. But then on the yeah. other side, Max Pacioretty is also questionable, too. And, and right. without Max Pacioretty, their top line or, or one of their top lines of uh, Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, I mean, that's a huge blow, too. Tyson right. Yost has kind of come in and, and, and feigned a top line role. But um, Rantanen and, and Landeskog can kind of carry that bus. And I'm more confident in Landeskog and Rantanen to – take care of business without McKinnon than I am in Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson. Right. And the rest of the lineup kind of evens out. I mean, these are two amazingly strong teams. They don't give up many goals, strong goaltending, they score lots. Um, so eventually this is going to be an awesome uh, division final seven game series. And it'll probably go seven games could go seven games through seven regular season games, uh, three wins a piece and Vegas, took the uh, took an overtime win too so Vegas is uh four and three and and Colorado's three three and one against Vegas so it's been extremely tight uh low scoring though um yeah it has been really low scoring yeah like you said though neither team really gives up a whole lot it's I I've watched every matchup between these two teams and it does seem like it's just uh like a chess match right they're neither of them are making any mistakes it's going to be phenomenal. I think that they both meet up. It's going to be amazing when these two teams play. And I still, I have futures on both, but I'm still not, I still don't know which side I'm going to lean with. I, so I, I got I, one, I'm interrupting yes. you because I got one quick question here because I think one of the biggest storylines going into anything to do with the Vegas Golden Knights in the playoffs is, are they going to continue rotating starters? Yeah, I know. Like it's been like, know. it's clockwork. It's clockwork. It's flurry. Leonard Fury Leonard right every time so I like are they gonna go to one I, I don't know why they would they may not they may just go one for one I I thought I I was bothered last year that it wasn't flurry in the playoffs now Leonard played great but I still thought it should have been flurry what they did in the first year going to the finals with flurry the experience that he has and he has been the better goalie this season. Now, Leonard missed a bunch of time, and Fleury has kind of fallen off a little bit, but he's still, overall, his numbers have been fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, do they go one for one? I, I had that same question about the Islanders last year, the year before. Is this a team that just go, like, do they go back and forth as well? I think Varlamov is the guy for them in this postseason, but there are a couple teams that you could make the case, make, they've been doing it all year, that maybe they just continue that in the postseason. When's the last time a team has done something like that? No, Neil, I can't remember. I don't have any memory of that. Yeah, no. I mean, normally you get a guy and, and go for He's it. The guy, but yeah. yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. But that's just a very interesting, uh, very interesting situation. I think it should be flurry. Matt, bring you in here to wrap up 
this matchup and a look ahead at a potential playoff matchup between these two teams? It should be flurry. Um, this is one of those games, Cam Stewart, I'm sorry, where I won't bet it whatsoever. I'll just watch the game and be very entertained by it. Hopefully, I mean, McKinnon does get in the lineup. Is like you said, Colorado, they've still got stuff to play for. They want that. Um, but other than that, I'm just really looking forward to watching it. This will be definitely off my card no matter what. It doesn't matter who starts in net for either team. I'm just going to enjoy this one. Uh, shot prop-wise in this one, Shea Theodore. And then that's it for me in this game. <laughs> Yeah, I like Shea Theodore as well. I like Marsha, so two and a half shots. Kale McCarr is at 1.5. He's minus 190. I think maybe you can put him in some parlays. Four, seven, four, his shots over the last three games. I think part of that is uh, McKinnon out of the lineup and on the power play, he's been shooting a little bit more. Uh, but the guys, like, you just go look back. I mean, there's another game. There's two games in the past six where he's had seven shots and the other two, four, and then a couple donuts there. Uh, but I think at 1.5, like him and Suzuki, they're juiced up a little bit at 1.5. But those are, you put them into parlays. Maybe you chuck in a Bennett who's plus money and a Robinson or a Pravalski who's plus money. And then that's a decent payout. You're probably looking at about four to one. Um, and two guys on there that just have to have two shots. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from it as well. My lean is actually Vegas. I think that they're, you know, they're at home here tonight where they've been dominant all year. And if, you know, there's no McKinnon, that's a bit of a, even though no Pacioretty, I think it's a decent trade-off for them to have, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon not playing. Because that's, I think, the biggest weakness that Vegas has is down the middle, as well as Stevenson, as well as he's played this season. And William Carlson's been a lot better lately too. But you win this game here at home where you're 21-4-2 at home. You win this game and then you just don't have to worry about it. You clinch uh, the division and then you have that home ice for the potential second round matchup with the Avs. Uh, from a DFS standpoint, Neil, on the way out here, who are some stacks? Like who are some players that you're looking to roster tonight? Well, we talked about Winnipeg um, and the, I like the, the wheeler Shifley and Connor combo and just to go back to that Connor shot prop you know typically um, (laughs) Mark Shifley I keep going to call him Alexander Shoffley (laughs) is uh, (laughs) off on your mind yeah yeah so uh Shifley and and Wheeler typically you know pass first guys so I think that does line up well for totally um Kyle Connor uh I we've talked about that second line in Florida again um with uh Tippett Bennett Huberdo, they could fly under the radar a little bit. Tough matchup, obviously, but as Matt said, if uh, Curtis McElhinney is in the net, then it uh, is definitely a favorable for uh, Florida. And then uh, let me see if there's anything else that jumps off. Oh, yeah. Well, I talked about the uh, Oilers second line as well with the dry side old Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto. Um, and I like mini stacks with the Hurricanes where you go uh, Nietzsche and Trocek or uh, you could do the whole top line now that they are a trio again with uh, Nia, or sorry, Teravine and Aho yeah. and Sveshnikov as well. So there's definitely some combos out there, but yeah, I just, uh, it's going to be an interesting night. We just got to see uh, how teams are coming to play and, and who's, who's icing their lineup and, and who's, you know, looking ahead. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I always say, if you have any questions, you know, leave them there in the YouTube section, hit us up on Twitter or circle back before a puck drop, check out FTNDaily.com. I'll we'll have the cheat sheets out there as well as some DFS plays. Uh, we are up to, I think 125 units over at FTNBets.com. Use a promo code Mayo Meanie. We'll be given picks and DFS plays until that Stanley cup is raised over at FTN. 
that's the line I was going to talk about Carolina. I think they're all underpriced. I mean, I think it's because, you know, they're up against Nashville, but as we talked about, we could see Pekka Rene here in net tonight. So Sveshnikov at 5'7", Natchez at 5'1", Niederreiter is at 3'9". Like that is a, a nice price for, you know, Niederreiter, a 20-goal scorer. Uh, checking it at under 4K can really help your your salary out there a little bit. I actually skipped over a game in New York and Boston. This is twice now, Matt. I've done this over the past week. Uh, I don't have really a lot to add between the Islanders and the Bruins. There is something to play for for both of those teams. The Islanders could leapfrog a Boston with a win. Uh, over the past five weeks, they rank 30th in goals four per 60. They're not scoring any goals. I don't expect them to score any goals against Tuka Rask or whoever is in net for Boston here this evening, if it is Swayman or if it is Halak. I see a low scoring game. I'm actually going to include it in the under and my plays Boston and New York under 5.5. Matt, what do you got from Friday? Bank cam, by the way, before you bring that in, oh, he gave us seven leg parlay and had six of the first seven and just needed the sharks to wrap it up at the end of the night. And they blew it for him. And I know how much he hates SJ Sharky, but I wanted to give a shout out because we had some people, uh, win some money from Cam's seven-leg parlay. They must have hedged or they had a round robin or something. But that was very impressive stuff from Cam. Parlay Fridays. That's that's what parlay it is. Fridays. Next year we'll do that too. Uh, for your picks, four and one. Uh, you said Dallas, but Vasilevsky has to not start, a.k.a. the Curtis McElhaney game, and you got that. Uh, you got the over in Detroit, over St. Louis, Vegas. You got uh, the over in San Jose and Arizona. Missed on the Colorado puck line. 4-1 and one brings your win-loss to 147 and 110. Shot props, good weekend or good day for you, I guess. McKinnon didn't play, so that made it only four picks. Kaprizov, Mantha, Sagan, Theodore. The only one that didn't hit was Mantha. 3-1, and one, 83 and 52. So you're Ooh. over 30. You're doing well now. You're back up. Back up there. Yeah, we had a, we had some rough moments in the shot props. I think it was giving too many out. Uh, but they've been good to us over at FTN. I think we're at about 50 units just on props alone over there. So we'll just start with shot props. I... You know, Neil's feeling Connor. I'm feeling Connor. A wake-up game here. It's a good spot against the Canucks. Let's let's see him get going. Two and a half shots. Tyler Toffoli, two and a half shots. My favorite one is Sam Bennett. The fact that it's plus 120 and what he's been doing is it's crazy. Two and a half for Bennett. Two and a half for Connor. Two and a half for Toffoli. Um, two and a half for Robertson, but I like Neil's call with Pavelski too. If you want to mix and match, Marcia. That was last night. That was last night. That was last night. Okay, <laughs> but, but still, I mean, it, it's not bad. I, I got a plus money last night, was the which is the good thing, and that's ten. That tends to be the way I go with with shot props. I kind of look to try to get that plus money versus you know gets into the minus one seventy territory. It's a right it's a big ass, right? You you know. Yeah, we, we try to stay away from those those ones. Like I mentioned, um, Suzuki and Makar. Yeah, again, Pavelski, plus 130 here for two and a half shots. So, um, But yeah, like Makar and Suzuki are fine plays, but not obviously not as singles. You'd have to include three or four others to really make it worth your while. But Connor, Toffoli, Bennett, Robertson, Marcia So. I'll I like Marcia So. I'll add Couture, Couturier in there. So there's six there for you, but... Uh, I think, again, Parleys, Makar, and Suzuki over one and a half, I think, are really strong ones. Uh, McDavid, two-point night. Just, why not? Let's just see how, you know, how long he can ride this thing out. Minus 118, McDavid, two-point night. Uh, for picks tonight, Edmonton and the under six, Carolina-St. Louis. And then just some totals here. Um, Winnipeg-Vancouver under six, New Jersey and Philly over six. 
and Tampa and Florida over six. Actually, let me backtrack here. Let me backtrack. Edmonton, Carolina, St. Louis. Those are the three on the money line. Boston and New York under 5.5. That's a good one. We're just forgetting about them all together. Boston, New York under 5.5. And then the rest are totals here. Uh, I think you can take the under in Edmonton, the under in Winnipeg, and the over in Tampa Bay and Florida. It's a lot of picks there. Neil, what's your favorite on the board? I do like the I do like the Connor shot prop. Mm, yeah, Kyle Connor. Hat trick tonight. Let's do it. Or at Play least three shots. At least three <laughs> shots. We'll take that. Let's not get too A hat trick of shots. Yeah, hat yes, trick yes, of shots. Yes. We'll take that. Yeah. Uh, Neil, awesome stuff. I know we're in communication all the time, but it's great to actually see your face and chat some hockey with you. Uh, we'll do it again on Wednesday. The boys will be back tomorrow. So uh, we're starting to wrap up with shows, but we're still going to take care of you this week. And we'll have a playoff preview show as well here on the Mayo Media Network. So thanks for taking the time to hang out. Follow the link inside the description of this video for the prize picks code. A bit of a discount there for you. Good luck tonight. And we will catch you on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.